You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Friday, September 8th, and the 49ers either have left already or they're leaving to Pittsburgh, I'm sure, at some point today for their week one matchup against the Steelers. Here to join me for an in-depth preview is Lori Fitzpatrick for the first of our weekly show we'll be doing all season. How are you doing today, Lori? I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm uh, I'm a little nervous for the 49ers, man. Oh, somebody, what? some somebody on the whoever creates these schedules in the NFL, man, they just do not like the 49ers. The, Making the, them go across the, the country. Script writers, yeah, the man. script writers did this dirty this year. Yeah, yeah no, for ridiculous. real. This is. This is a tough matchup, um, no doubt about that. I think all 49er fans, you know, know that. The Steelers did start kind of slow last year, but I don't think we're really expecting to see that same uh, type of start of the season for the Steelers. I think Mike Tomlin's going to have them ready. I think Kenneth Pickett is is ready to take another step. So we're going to talk all about it. But really first, let's, let's do a, a weather check real quick all right because there's some rain in the forecast about like a 60 percent chance of rain okay uh, weather weather channel or weather.com whatever it says 70 percent chance so not great it even says thunderstorms that would be crazy if like the game was delayed or something because i know if there are thunderstorms or like you know any chance of lightning they do sometimes delay those we don't want that to happen we also don't want a repeat of last year's week one where the 49ers had to play in a monsoon in chicago right um i'm guessing that's not gonna happen but we're still scared uh and then just some of the potential impacts of the weather is like jake moody right like he looked shaky in the preseason to begin with I've like we've heard how hard it is to kick in Pittsburgh and that stadium with the wind and all that and with the weather being what it is. Um, I'm a little concerned about Jake Moody for this game. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I mean, the only the good thing is it only says four miles an hour, which like at least it's not like closer to 10. But uh, but yeah, still like, you know, wet balls is not a uh, not fun. No, not at all. But um, we do have some injury updates for the 49ers. Uh, George Kittle is pretty much uh, – George Kittle and Charvarius Ward, the only questionable players. Um, Kittle dealing with his groin injury and Ward with a heel injury. But both practiced today, uh, or maybe it was today or yesterday. It seems like they're both on the good side of questionable. Um, I think they both play, um, and everyone else is – pretty much good to go like I said the one notable one for me in the good to go column is of course Nick Bosa um, because since he signed his deal uh, on Wednesday uh, I mean I I didn't think he would play at first but then Kyle Shanahan in that presser on Wednesday said you know as long as he doesn't have a beer belly like he's pretty much good to go and Today in his presser, Kyle Shanahan said he looked exactly how we expected, in real good shape, looks ready to go. I think he'll do all right. The hitting is less of a concern. It's more about stamina. And uh, Bosa did also talk to the media today, first time since signing his new deal, um, and said he hadn't talked to Kyle about the plan yet, but he'd be up for having a normal workload. So we shall see. Yeah, I'm excited for that. 
see what Nick Bosa, you know, is, is he going to be able to, you know, is he going to be sucking wind, you know, by the, by the end of the second, by the end of the second quarter, you know, are they going to, they're going to kind of uh, ease them into it. Don't put them on every single pass rush snap. Um, Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I think the 49ers like as of right now, probably feel good giving him his usual workload, but yeah, like if at any point in the game, he's feeling gassed or anything, you know, dial it back a little bit and then maybe putting him in obvious passing downs at that point. But uh, so a lot of people make the comparison of TJ Watt, who was in a similar uh, situation in 2021 when he signed his deal. And yes, TJ Watt was kind of a, he didn't really hold out. He was in practice or he was at practice, but he didn't uh, partake in any of the team drills um, leading up to him getting that deal. So even though he was there, he wasn't really participating in what everyone else was doing. So kind of a similar situation when he signed his deal. um, They played two days after he signed, he played 69 snaps uh, and he had two sacks and five hits in in that game. So the 49ers probably hoping that Nick Bosa could go out and do about the same. Um, I mean, he he's in a tier of his own when it comes to physique and, you know, conditioning, I'm sure. So we'll just see how it all plays out up in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and assume that he was pretty much working out every single day because it's it was pretty much, you know, just up to him and his um, him and his agent trying to get that paper signed. So it's not like he wasn't working out, I'm sure. Right. Like and, and like Shanahan said, hey, there's no beer belly, then uh, he's good to go. Yeah, dude is always working out. I'm not worried about that <laughs> in the slightest. But we did get some. uh Good news with Ray Ray McLeod, uh, who had a he suffered a broken wrist like not that long ago. I know they had originally um, said it was going to be like an eight week week injury. I don't know how many weeks it's been, but I feel like it's he can't he's coming back a lot quicker than eight weeks. So good for him. And his return is going to be huge because he'll be on return duty. Right. Um, Ronnie Bell did an admirable job during the preseason, but I think like we all feel a little bit better, a little safer with the vet handling, uh, you know, uh, those returns. And it could be a sneaky revenge game, maybe for McLeod, the former Steelers. So who knows? Maybe, maybe he gets a little player two um, for him as well. <laughs> yeah. And he's not the only uh, player that uh, used to be on the Steelers as well. Um there was another guy, I believe. I'm gonna have to look it up though. Um, but I heard also that there was another on the, player on the other side. Um, Quan Alexander, former 49ers linebacker. Yeah, so that's yeah, the, there's that there's that connection as well. So could be a couple of revenge games for for guys. Um, but we got some bulletin board material as well. Patrick Peterson, you know, had some things to say. Uh, here's what he said about the 49ers offense. He said, there's some tell signs out there that tell us what plays we're going to get in certain situations. When I get my pick Sunday, we'll talk about it. This oh man, my God. Yeah. I'm like this man's talking trash. Like he, he sounds very confident. He sounds very confident. Um, I will say this about Patrick Peterson. 
zero interceptions in nine games that he has played against Kyle Shanahan's 49ers because, you know, he used to be with the with the Cardinals, spent some time with the Vikings last year. So the 49ers have had their fair share, or Kyle Shanahan has had his fair share of Patrick Peterson. Zero interceptions. And he's also 33 and a half years old, but still still was pretty good um last year and we'll we'll talk more about that but this is this is crazy talk for me um and Brock Purdy's response was about what you would have expected all he said was we'll see uh with a bit of a smirk on his face that's good for the quarterback to not to really feed into it but just say right. you know a little something like all right dude yeah we'll see i mean he's not trying to talk too much shit back at him but uh right. you know it's exactly right we'll see right and Purdy has that like quiet confidence to him that he, I, I don't think he would ever be a trash talker to begin with, but he lets his game do do the talking. So we'll yes, we will see how that happens um, or how it looks on Sunday. Um, but yeah, let let's talk about some of these uh, key matchups for the 49ers. And uh, just for reference, I'll put the. Steelers defense up on the screen now I know like with free agency and all that like this might not be 100% accurate because like it's week one uh, maybe they've moved some starters around I don't know maybe they have new starters not sure but this is what PFF has uh, for the Steelers defense right now and I- I'll just say this I want to start with the Steelers defense stopping Christian McCaffrey because Based on what I've heard from both Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin, the Steelers defensive coordinator, when they both speak about this game, they put a lot of emphasis on Christian McCaffrey and and just talking about what he does for this offense and how important it's going to be for them to stop him first and foremost. You know, so they have a lot of respect for what he's able to do. Um, and like the rest of us, they saw how heavily heavily utilized he was for the 49ers you know, last season, but this is kind of why I think like Debo Samuel, maybe even Elijah Mitchell could be X factors in this game. Um, I mean, CMC on the field, he's going to get a lot of attention to go towards him and, you know, rightfully so, but Terrell Austin mentioned like, it's going to be a team effort to stop McCaffrey for them. So they'll need to be all on the same page on who's responsible for him, when to pass him off to a teammate or else like, you risk leaving him open um, or forgetting that, you know, Elijah Mitchell or Debo, you know, who could both be on the field at the same time as McCaffrey could get some opportunities as well. So don't forget about those guys. I think uh, Mitchell and Debo are X factors for me. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm uh, I'm, I'm excited. And I know that, you know, you're, you're going to touch on, I don't want to go like out of order or anything, but you know, I'm excited to see TJ Watt and McKivitz. Oh yeah, I mean, so it's gonna be uh, a big excited one. is a strong word. I don't know if I'm excited for it, but, <laughs> but I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm I just I'm curious to know like what McKivitz is going to look like in that one, you know. And I'm glad you brought it up because he's someone that I did want to talk about, you know, quite a lot because. A lot of people look at what the Steelers were last year, and it was kind of a a team of two halves of the season because um, they were pretty much a shell of themselves without 
TJ Watt last year. Um, with Watt in the lineup, they were seven and three. They allowed 16.9 points per game. They forced five turnovers in seven games without him, 18 in the 10 that he was there. So, like, that's a huge difference. Like, he transforms the defense, much like we talk about Nick Bosa. And, you know, we were worried about Nick Bosa not being out there because we know his presence, um, you know, changes so much for the defense as a whole. So, yeah, yeah. TJ Watt kind of has a very same effect for the Steelers' defense. So, yeah. Uh, Definitely something to keep an eye on. Without him, uh, they're 27th in pressures uh, in the entire league of t- in 2022. That's so bad with only 222. So, um, yeah, that 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 was definitely concerning. And I I just know that like if I'm the Steelers, I'm I'm looking at the 49ers offensive line. Colton McKivitz is the guy I would want to you know try target. to target. Yeah, for sure. I mean. He's the new starter on that line. Yeah, um, he only has five starts over the last three years. Mm, man. Yeah, I mean, this is his first year of pretty much being a starter, like for the full year, right, from week one. So um, it's it's going to be a really big test. And the one thing with McKivitz, too, is, and this is where, like, Nick Bosa's holdout kind of impacts the rest of the team, is that, like, he wasn't able to, like, cut his teeth going up against Nick Bosa exactly. in practice. Yeah. So, like, he's kind of going into this. And I, I, I've i mentioned it in another show, too. Like, I think even an average to good uh, tackle is going to struggle with T.J. Watt. Even, like, a really good tackle will probably struggle with T.J. Watt because he's that good. And here you have a guy who, you know, is is new pretty much to the starting lineup and – we're just going to have to see how he does. I mean, yeah, it, it's definitely a bit concerning because I also know that offensive linemen and like just as a unit, it takes them some time to like really gel and, you know, get into the swing of things. So, yeah, but, it, yeah, it, I But with the Steelers, yeah, they they may have started slow, um, you know, last year. But in week one over the last three years, they've gotten wins. They played the Bengals and the Bills last year, or it was the, I think it was the Bills in 2022 and the Bengals in 2021, and they got wins, and they were they were both upsets. So, you know, you don't want, you don't want to have Steelers, you know, do that like 30 years in a row. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what's so dangerous about this game, right? Because, like, the Steelers come out and they are ready, like, from the get-go, um, because Mike Tomlin has them ready, and they – he plays starters in the preseason a little more than other teams do. And I think he just has his guys ready to go. Um, knowing that they have TJ Watt there too is going to yeah. you know, give them more energy. So this is definitely mm-hmm. like, it's like a week one trap game pretty much. For yeah. The, the Chrissy brings training. up a good point saying that he'll need help. Right. Well, what's going on yeah. with George Kittle? Is he, is he playing? He's not, I think right? I mean he's questionable. He's questionable. He's I I think he will play because he practiced either today or tomorrow. I forgot where I got that from, but I I'm pretty sure it was maybe earlier today that they practiced. I don't know. Usually they don't practice on Friday, so I'm a little confused by that. But he practiced recently and that would seem to indicate that he's good to go. Uh so I think he's on the positive side of questionable. I think he will suit up. Um, and yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, they're going to need Kittle to help out on his side. 
Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Like, so you know, are you know, is Warner? I, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, but is he going to be able to step up? Uh, you know, him and and oh, Charlie be Warner. able to yeah to help out with blocking because you know they're they're going to need him. For sure. I mean, and you I, don't want to throw hope... Chris McCaffrey in there and there and do a lot of pass pro. Yeah, no, not... I. I mean, I hope the team doesn't need Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly, right? Like, that would not be ideal. If Kittle is there, he needs to play all of the snaps. So, right now, I'm like, I'm kind of operating as if Kittle is going to play. And I, if he doesn't, then yeah, it could be a completely different um, ball game. Uh, Bro Montana asked, does Watt play single side or both? I believe he plays both, um, both sides. So, it's possible that he sees uh, Trent Williams as well. Um, but if you had a pick between Trent Williams and Colton McKivitz, which side are you going to be rushing from the most? I mean, I think, uh, it's a no brainer there if I'm the Steelers. So, yeah, I mean, he, he majority, um, you know, he'll, he'll play on the left side a little bit more, um, than, than the right side. Uh, but you know, that's, I mean, he'll move around, but I think he's more so on the left side going against the right tackle. Like that's what he does the most. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a legit um, concern to you know keep Brock Purdy upright and keep TJ Watt out of the pocket as much as possible. Easier said than done. Um, but like going back to obviously like Christian McCaffrey, I think because you know the Steelers' defensive line, they're able to generate pressure. We already know like okay, Brock Purdy is going to have to get the ball out quickly, and he's good at doing that as long as like his first read is, is open or his, his outlet is open. And usually that outlet is Christian McCaffrey, right? So if the Steelers are going to sell out to, you know, stop McCaffrey, then that could possibly open things up for other guys. Like I mentioned. So maybe Debo Samuel, maybe even Brandon Ayuk, right? So let's, let's talk about Patrick Peterson again and how he fits into all this. Uh, last season with the Vikings, Patrick Peterson had five interceptions, but he also allowed five touchdowns. Um, most he, most yards he allowed in the game last season, though, was 67 yards. So he, he's still, you know, pretty good. PFF has him ranked 12th out of 118 cornerbacks. And like I said, he's like 33 and a half. So for him to be doing this at, at this age um, is pretty impressive. Uh, that being said, like, I feel like, if guys are speedy or more agile, he'll he might have some trouble staying with them. That's where I think Brandon Ayuk may come in. Yeah, he can cook guys. Well, what I'm a little nervous about is like Patrick can play, you know, some press coverage, right? And if and if he's bumping guys off the line, um, you know, that's going to be tough to get open right away. And yeah. you know, obviously the 49ers wide receivers are some of the toughest in the game. But if you have um, if you have a, a right tackle who's kind of new then you want to kind of get it out as early as possible and if you're you know against press coverage um then it's going to be hard to kind of get open super quick but you want to play that quick game i'm 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 assuming that the 49ers are going to want to play that quick game and kind of get it out as quick as possible so they might start off with mccaffrey going into the flat uh so yeah that's definitely gonna be interesting um, and maybe that's where Elijah Mitchell comes in because I, I've seen like the 49ers in the past. We haven't seen both of them on the field all that much because Elijah Mitchell has dealt with a lot of injuries last year. But, you know, they have had them both on the field at the same time before. So what you can kind of do with that 
is have the defense, you know, take Christian Christian McCaffrey and maybe Elijah Mitchell could then, you know, go in the flat and be that outlet. But I don't know. I but I would assume, you know, Kyle Shanahan. He knows that Brock Purdy is going to need to get the ball out quickly, so he's going to have to gr- get creative with this one and you know see what he does. But so that's Patrick Peterson. The other corner is Levi Wallace. Four interceptions last year, um, allowed a fifty-four point nine percent completion percentage. Um, I will say, like, it seems like he's more susceptible to giving up the big play than maybe like Patrick Peterson is. Uh, so that's just something to watch between the two. You know, maybe. If I, I don't know, Patrick Peterson mate would probably be on Ayuk, and then Debo Samuel will probably be on Levi Wallace, or you know, Levi Wallace would be on Debo. So, um, who knows? Maybe that's a favorable matchup for Debo. We'll we'll just have to see. But the other guy in their secondary that I would be more concerned with is Minka Fitzpatrick, of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty it's... sure he led he <laughs> led the team uh, last year with six interceptions. So uh, definitely dangerous. And so if I had a bet against any Steelers getting an interception, it'd probably be Minka and not Patrick Peterson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Keanu Neal, they may uh, yeah. target him a little bit. He's their yeah. strong safety. So, um, you know, he's not a guy who is very good, honestly. I looked up some of his stats beforehand, and, and PFF shows him uh, with uh, – he allows 111 quarterback rating uh, in 2022 or 2021 and 108 quarterback rating in 2022. So uh, he lets up a lot of, uh, you know, passes and coverage, even though strong safety is more of a guy that's in the box and maybe trying to stop the run anyway. Uh, but at the same time, if he's out there, then it's definitely someone you want to target. And, Technic Chic asks, is Peterson playing on the outside? I heard, I heard there yes. might be possibility of him playing nickel. He primarily plays on the outside, but that's, yeah. I mean, on, on those nickel downs, like that's an interesting, uh, you know, thought. That would because... be crazy. I mean, he's he's kind of old. Like he's he's playing right. on I, the outside. Like I think over the last, like over last year, he, like he was only averaging like maybe three or four snaps like in the box or I think he only had eight in total against the slot corners last year and yeah, over was, a thousand wide. Yeah. So I, I don't think he would be playing inside at all. But on the other hand, and you know, again, what PFF has here is more of a projection than anything. They have a, uh, Joey Porter jr. As the nickel from what I can see here. So, um, or oh sorry, it's a uh, King. King. So, yeah. King. And they have Joey Porter on the outside, which doesn't, make a whole lot of sense to me um so we'll see i mean i don't to be honest i don't think we really know <laughs> you know it's week one is like it's weird you don't really know but i don't think peterson would be ideal for for being uh you know the nickel corner just at the age that he's at right now so we'll we'll see what they do though. yeah that would be kind of crazy let's talk about the other guys on the steelers defensive line though we talked about tj watt Last year, he only played um, 10 games, right, because of the injury. Um, In those 10 games, he had seven sacks, 31 pressures, and he even had two interceptions (laughs) last year. So he's he's crazy. He does it all. Um, But let's not forget about the other guys on this defensive line because they're all pretty much good. Cam Hayward, 58 pressures, 12 sacks last season. Alex Highsmith, 55 pressures, 15 sacks. 
they are loaded at, at the defensive line. So I think, yeah, we are worried about Colton McKivitz, but I think it's a fair concern, uh, you know, to be concerned about the entire 49ers offensive line and how they might fare with some of these guys. You know, Spencer Burford has come along, you know, he's doing a little bit better, but Aaron Banks as well, two guys who became new starters last year, but still young players. So this is still a pretty big test for them, I think. Um, You know, Aaron Banks has the advantage of being next to Trent Williams. That will already make you a little bit better. Um, But, you know, these are tough matchups. So this is going to be a real big test for the offensive line. Yeah, Cameron Hayward's a beast, so, yeah. I think we're going to find out, you know, in this first game, you know, how good this 49ers offensive line is, so. How good or bad? I mean, like, yeah, I don't think it's bad. I know a lot of people think the 49ers offensive line is bad. I just don't buy that, just because it's mostly the same starters from last year. The only new guy in 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 there is Colton McKivitz. Granted, we don't know what he's going to look like in the regular season, but like, I, I feel like the talk of, you know, their offensive line is going to suck is kind of overblown. Um, it's fair to be concerned about the depth, but that's any <laughs> 31 other teams have that same concern. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. So I think they'll be fine overall, but I I've told people like, don't use this game against the Steelers to make any judgments on Colton McKivitz because, like, this is just going to be a tough one. Like, TJ Watt's going to win some matchups in this one. You know, it's just what's going to happen, and that's kind of just what I expect. Um, but we talked about the 49ers uh, receivers. Let's talk about the Steelers receivers real quick because they have some dogs on that side too. So Pickens is one of those guys who – you can throw a 50-50 ball and he's going to get it. You know, like he's he's crazy. And Kenny Pickett and George Pickens had the highest QBR of any quarterback pairing in 2022. Um, I heard that on the Pat McAfee show this morning. So that's crazy uh, to think about. They have pretty good chemistry and that connection is going to be something serious. So the 49ers better be ready for it. Charverius Ward, as I mentioned earlier, he's questionable, probably going to play, but dealing with like a – heel thing earlier this week so we'll see if he's 100 percent. if not diamador lenore as well will be on the other side probably uh i, I don't know uh who's gonna be on who who w- with this one i would assume that maybe uh charvarius ward is gonna have uh well let's see let's see where they normally line up deontay johnson I have him pulled up here and um <clears throat> george pickens he has 395 snaps on the right side and uh, 344 on the left. So he moves around a lot. Um, and he only has 136 snaps in the slot. Uh, this okay. is from last year. So he's on both sides and not really in the slot, obviously. Okay. Deontay Same with Deontay Johnson, who I just pulled up. They're pretty even. Like So they 482 on the left and 430 on the right. So they... That, and I'm guessing that's probably just to switch it up and get your matchups against like, you know, the corner that you prefer and you know, mix it up that way and not have guys to one side. So it could be Charvarius Ward on either of these wide receivers and the same could be said for Lenore as well. And they might switch it up and we could see some of these guys in the slot as well. 
They also yeah. signed Allen Robinson this offseason. Mm-hmm. Who I was just about to mention him. I mean, what what are your thoughts on Allen Robinson? Because he has looked washed like his last few stops, and I don't know if that's just like the environment of the teams that he was on, or is he just washed? I mean, it's it was tough. Like I've always felt bad for him because he's never had a good quarterback. Yeah. Um, like even like Matthew Stafford was kind of like. Eh, like what's going on with him pretty much just like throw it up and go get it i mean al robinson is a good 50 50 ball guy um but he's never really had like a a a really good quarterback and but with purdy and obviously under the shanahan offense it's a little bit different it's more like schematic um and less about like how good the quarterback is um so just as long as he you know knows his responsibility oh what am i talking about uh the steelers um uh yeah, so now that he has Pickett, um, I mean, Pickett's still kind of up and coming. So yeah. you're still not really sure uh, what Allen Robinson is going to be able to do. Um, but yeah, he's, he was always a 50-50 guy. Like, he, he's not like an amazing player or anything, but um, he is obviously getting older. So they're not going to rely on him too much. But they do come out on a lot of uh, three wide receiver sets. So that's going to be something to watch and see. You know, what is the 49ers going to come out in? Are they going to, um, you know, are they going to have another safety come in? Or, you know, since the cornerback situation right now is a little like iffy, are they going to put a, a nickel out there more often than not? Or, you know, what's going to happen with that? But Steelers do come out in three wide receiver sets often. So, so I think that's kind of the concern for the 49ers right now, just because like nickel corner has been a question mark. It was supposed to be Isaiah Oliver. They signed him this off season. The hope was he was going to be that guy. According to the 49ers, he was the best nickel corner available in free agency. And he looked anything but throughout camp and all that. So I think he probably thought he had that spot like, you know, <laughs> as soon as he signed and, and I don't know, it, it's affected his play. So we don't really know who's going to be there at nickel based on, I think what we saw in the preseason, we can maybe assume that it's going to be actually Diamador Lenore, like moving inside. And then they're going to have Ambry Thomas come in who Ambry Thomas played pretty poorly last year, but he's done a lot of work to improve this off season. And so it, it you know, it seems like the team has regained a bit of their trust in Ambry Thomas, and they're going to have him on the outside. Um, so that, I think, is the projection right now, but we truly don't know. Steve Wilkes mentioned wanting to switch up who the nickel corner is going to be based on matchups, so based on who's going to be there, right? So, again, if it's Allen Robinson, I wouldn't worry too much about Allen Robinson. Like, hell, if, maybe even Isaiah Oliver could handle Allen Robinson and how he's looked these past couple years. but. I don't know. Somebody like Calvin Austin, you know, he's a lot faster. Um, Even though he's only 5'7", still he's got, you know, a lot of speed. So that's going to be, you know, that would be a tough matchup if if he's going to be in there. So, yeah, I mean, it's all I think. I I mean, slot is is very hard to defend. So I think it will be tough no matter what. But it's still a question mark. So we'll find out more. on Sunday. And it it gives me concern though, that they do a lot of three wide receiver sets because that means that they're going to be in nickel in their nickel package quite a bit. And I don't know if that's favorable to the 49ers for right now, but I guess we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully Ambry Thomas has a, has a good game if he's going to be on the outside quite a bit. Uh, So 
fingers crossed on that one. We'll get more answers uh, come Sunday. Obviously, like both of these teams are good defensively. Um, both teams last year were tied for 20 interceptions, uh, league leading 20 interceptions. So really like to me, the difference in this game may come down to which quarterback can overcome playing against a tough defense. Like uh, among other things, like, yeah, you talk about playing a, a clean game, no penalties, things like that. Like those things really matter in week one, right? Cause you know, they can rear their ugly head when you haven't a lot, haven't had a lot of time uh, to really get in the groove of the season. But I, I really do feel like both Kenny Pickett and, and Brock Purdy are they're young quarterbacks and their coaches are going to just have to put them in favorable positions to, you know, be able to move the ball despite the pressure, despite the coverage. So um, I, I find it pretty interesting, both Pickett and, and Purdy. Like, I feel like both fan bases feel like their quarterbacks are you know often disrespected or slighted um and I would say like Kenny Pickett started the year pretty poorly um he threw eight interceptions in his first five games but they started to kind of reel it back a little bit they leaned more on the run game they eased him in uh and so the offense did start to have more success in the back end of the year and that's the Steelers altogether. Like after their bye week, they they were kind of a different team, and they lowered Pickett's average pass attempts from thirty eight to thirty one point nine um, in the final seven games of the season. So I think that benefited him because in turn he was a little more effective with the football. Um, his average depth of target was six point eight yards downfield. Then it became seven point six after you know they they uh, toned down the. Uh, the pass attempts for him. So he ended up finishing with five touchdowns and one interception in the second half of the season. So not bad. So basically he looked a lot better in the second half of the year. On the other hand, like Brock Purdy kind of came in in, at the second half of the year for the 49ers. And he like started on a high note and alternatively, like everyone thinks that Brock Purdy is going to regress this year, which, you know, like it's fair to, it's a fair argument maybe, but like, it's just weird seeing how both of these quarterbacks are on like kind of different sides of the spectrum for like how they started their NFL career and, you know, going into their second year and playing against a really tough defense in their week one matchup. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll put Purdy above uh, Pickett, but it does seem like Pickett's kind of stepping it up a little bit, especially with his rapport uh, with Pickett. So, you know, and, I can't deny, like, I like the whole Pickett and Pickens, uh, like, yeah, I dynamic, uh, <laughs> like, saying it, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think Purdy is, is probably, he's a quarterback in a better situation, so. Yeah, I think so, but I think you can also make the argument that the Steelers' defensive line probably a little better than the 49ers' defensive line. I mean, that's just what I'm projecting for this week one matchup, um, you know, could change by the end of the year, but. So maybe it's a tougher matchup slightly for Brock Purdy than it will be for Pickett. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, of course, you know, Purdy has the benefit of all his players to throw to, as well as Kyle Shanahan. You know, Tomlin and you know that his uh, offensive coordinator is not too bad either. But I mean, Kyle Shanahan, he's gonna have to get, like I said, creative. And I, I would imagine he is going to get creative in this one i mean 
week one, there's really no excuses to start slow, which is why it's so frustrating that the 49ers have with Kyle for, for quite a bit, because it's like, you have weeks to prepare for week one, like however long you want to prepare for week one, you can do it. (laughs) So it's like, there's no excuses to, you know, go into the game um, and not be ready. But Lori, what, what are your like thoughts for this game? What's your prediction? So, um, my prediction is I think that, man, it's so tough because if you, you think about how more prediction, cause I hate those two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I don't, I don't mind it right now. I think, I think that the, the 49ers, they'll, they'll probably end up scoring, um, like 20 points. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping that they're able to like stop the first week streak that the Steelers are on right now. Um, just being able to come out with wins. Um, so, you know, I'm just hoping that they're able to do that. Um, um, you know, I am excited to see what TJ Watt is able to do against McKivitz. That's what I'm going to be looking at most. And these cornerbacks, uh, for the 49ers, especially like the three tight end or the three wide receiver sets, like we were discussing, you know, what is that nickel situation going to be looking like? Um, and then, you know, Nick Bosa is, is how many snaps is he going to have? Is he going to look, you know, gas a little bit early? You know, is he in shape? So I'm going to be looking at obviously all those things, but I think that, um, you know, it's going to be up to the quick game for the 49ers uh, yards after the catch, obviously. And it's going to be up to the Steelers defense, I think, to stop the 49ers offense. That's what the biggest thing um, I think uh, is you know, going to be coming into this game. So I think, uh, I think the 49ers overcome and uh, I think they get a win this week. All right. I'm also feeling, um, you know, good, better, I would say, because like I, beginning of the week, I did not feel good about this matchup because I was like, Nick Bose is probably not going to be there. But again, like him being there, I think makes a huge difference. Um, You saw it in the players reactions, just how, excited they were to have him back to me it was like a shot of adrenaline I think they really needed that going into this week one uh game given like everything that happened this offseason with like all the quarterback stuff and like you know then the the holdouts so I think it was nice to get that pressure off a little bit and then they can go out and just execute and be the team that they you know, they aspire to be this year, right? Which is a Super Bowl team. Uh, so that starts with week one. They can't afford the slow start. So I, I do think ultimately they get it done in this one, although it it is going to be very, very tough. I expect this one to be low scoring, actually. Um, so I'm thinking, I think I said like 16, 13 um, earlier this week. So I'm going to stick by that. And I think the 49ers uh, pull out the win. Oh man. All right. Well, Lori, you're a, you're a Jags fan. How are you feeling about your Jags this week and this season? Um, I think, uh, I'm, I'm more worried about week two than I am week one. Um, I think just as long as the Jags can kind of stop Anthony Richardson, um, and, uh, you know, him running the ball, uh, just because of how good of an athlete he is. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes these young quarterbacks, if they don't like, if when they're in zone, if they don't see those windows open right away, they may tuck and run the ball, um, mm-hmm. you know, w- with these guys. So I think it's going to be about, um, you know, the Jaguars being able to to catch Anthony Richardson. And and I am so worried. So when, every, when everybody watches you know, this game, 
pay attention to the pass rush because the Jaguars pass rush was like non-existent last year and they didn't do anything to beef it up. If anything, they lost um, some guys. So I'm definitely a little bit worried about um, can they get home? Can they basically, you know, tackle Anthony Richardson and stop them there? But I think obviously, you know, the Jags will probably win this one. Um you know, especially with with their newest target out there, uh, Calvin Ridley. That's yeah, going to be exciting that, to watch. That offense, that offense is going to be electric. So who cares about the pass rush and the defense? You guys got the offense down, and you guys could score points. So yeah, but um, like Saxonville, come on, man! Like you know, they got they have to bring it back. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I, f- I feel good about the Jags this year, but yeah, we'll yeah. we'll see. We'll we'll have the the end of show banter talking about the Jags <laughs> every show. So we'll we'll see how they do. Hopefully, both of our teams come away with a win on Sunday. But Lori, thank you for joining me today, uh, and all you guys that tuned in. Thank you for spending part of your Friday with us. Uh, make sure that you like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. But for now, have a good rest of your Friday. Have a good weekend, folks. Peace.